Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molyneux. For more information, you can visit us at www.bitfriends.org. You can also call us at 844-374-3639. Again, that is 844-374-3639. Welcome to Living Life in Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today is another episode of my perspectives. And this is where I talk to other people to get a different perspective, not just on vitiligo or anything associated with vitiligo, but just on life. And today my guest is April Holoka. Welcome, April. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. All right. How are you doing today? I am doing really, really good. Tired, but yes. I'm good. <laughs> I, I feel that I'm, I'm tired as well. And for my my listeners, um, this is my first show I've had in a while. Uh, I took a break. I needed that break, and we'll get into some of that discussion as well. But I'm back. So I'll start pumping out a podcast within the next few months and then a live event in December. So, yeah, I'm back. I'm back on the grind. So, April, I'm going to give you a chance to officially introduce yourself. You can tell us what you do, where you're from, and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, again, my name is April Holoka. I am a licensed clinical social worker, um, originally from New Jersey, um, but living here in the great state of North Carolina in Concord. Um, I am currently a care team manager. Um, over a virtual team um, that provides um, a, like whole member support for for folks in the New York area. Um, and so we just kind of make sure that they have social needs and, and behavioral health needs and medical needs met um, to just help them stay healthy and well um, as they age um, and make sure those chronic diseases are managed well. And so that's that's what I do on a on a daily basis. Um, and so, yeah, I have a, a background in mental health, but I do not do therapy. I'm one of those people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm excited to be here and uh, get our chat going today. Oh, yeah. I look forward to it. And um, for my listeners, I'm Mark Braxton. Y'all know who I am. Um, but my background is in education. Um, currently, I work with students that have I would say challenges. I don't always want to say behavior issues or behavior challenges. They have challenges, you know, and my goal is to intervene and provide them with some type of support to help them uh, manage the rest of their day, you know, and sometimes I, I tell my colleagues, I'm putting out fires all day. And sometimes it's back to back. Sometimes it's for one time. So if I can get here in five minutes and change things around, I feel like I've accomplished what, what my job is, you know. I think we might work at the same place. <laughs> hey, it, it is what it is, but Children, I, I- Children, adults, it's sometimes it's all the same. the same. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, but we all need that support. Absolutely. We all do. Um, and that's part of our conversation. You know, I want to open it up a little bit. You know, we work with others, but yet, you know, sometimes we forget about those who are in the service field. Um, 
you know, whether it's the medical field, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, fire department, EMS department, or police officers, you know, and even our military, you know, we serve others. Mm -hmm. And in that service, you know, we tend to forget about ourselves in the process because we're trying to help other people. And we deal with things that um, some people don't know about. You know, and I'm going to throw it out there, starting off with myself. You know, people that are listening, they know I have vitiligo. That is on the surface. I've talked about some of the challenges that come with vitiligo, you know, which most of us mental health, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Vitiligo doesn't do anything to you physically except for changing your skin. But it's the mental health that creates the biggest challenge, you know, with the depression, anxiety and all that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But for myself... I deal with other things that are more important than my vitiligo. You know, I have severe allergies. I love mm-hmm. going outside, but I'm allergic yep. to grass, trees, anything provided by nature. Yep. And if I'm not careful, it triggers asthma. Mm-hmm. And to me, my biggest concern in my life right now is having a severe asthma attack yep. rather than my skin. Because when I can't breathe, I'm not thinking about what my skin looks like. Exactly. You know, yep. um, and that's always in the back of my mind, like, okay. I'm going outside, I'm in the grass, got my inhaler, what's going to happen? You yeah. know, and it's always that in the back of my mind. Oh, trees are pollinating. Oh, am I going to have an asthma attack? And, and that, that can heighten your anxiety. Absolutely, it, it absolutely. Can. Yeah, yeah. And with that heightened anxiety, can actually help trigger more vitiligo spread. <laughs> so all these things are connected, you know? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, let, Let's talk. I'm going to throw it on you right now uh what are some of your challenges and then we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit because i'm curious as well yeah well um the the crazy thing is is that i have a lot of those allergies as well not just the outdoor i don't have asthma However, I do have a lot of food sensitivities. And so a lot of things that I deal with trigger um, are triggered by food. So if I'm eating too much dairy or if I'm eating too much, it'll trigger some of the other symptoms. Um, um, In about, about 2013 around, I had a severe concussion and the next year I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And so I have been dealing with that full body you know, um, nerve pain that they can't really find a cure for kind of thing that flares up, um, exhausts you, just drains you. Um, And um, on top of that, also have um, psoriatic arthritis on top of that. So, so I also have I'm like a triple threat. Um, <laughs> so with that, of course, comes the depression. Right. And then more recently, I was also diagnosed with anxiety and started having panic attacks in the last year. So, um, you know, I think for me, with the fibromyalgia and the arthritis, that's the obvious pain things. And so you do run into the the fear of having, am I having a flare up? Am I going to be at a commission for a while i i was severely ill where i i couldn't food shop i couldn't clean my house and you know my husband provided a lot of support for me during that time and i i just couldn't do much for myself and i feared disability i feared i wasn't going to be able to function on my own and that was a huge one for me because that led to some severe depression where i just 
was like, how, how am I going to, I mean, I, at that point, I wasn't even 50 yet. So how am I going to, at 50 years old, I can't be disabled. You know, in your mind, you're like, I'm, I'm too young to go down this road right now. You know, so that is like part of the challenge when you um, are given diagnosis, especially autoimmune, you know, disorders or things that are allergic or things that get triggered by inflammation. You just have sometimes no idea when they're going to flare up. And sometimes it's stress related. Right. Oh, and that's stress, boy. <laughs> huh. Stress is hard. Get me started on that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, I, I had my first major asthma attack as an adult. I've always had asthma, but I've never had an inhaler. Uh, when I was younger, it was kind of kind of bad. Uh, let me let me back up a little bit. For our listeners, April and I are cousins. We're family, <laughs> <laughs> so some things run in our family too. We're talking about um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, as an adult, you know, I think about my college years. I'm doing step shows and performances, and never had any asthma related problems whatsoever. Turn forty, boom, <laughs> asthma attack in the hospital. I don't know what's going on. I just know mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. I didn't care about my skin. Like I said before, I didn't care about what vitiligo looked like. I was trying right. to get some air. Exactly. And that's what, when I found out what I was really allergic to, I went to, um, well, there was a nurse in there. You know, everybody's running around trying to figure out what's wrong with you, what's going on. The lady came up to me. She said, did you cut the grass today? No. She said, what about yesterday? I said, yeah. She said, uh-huh. She said, and you were weed eating too, huh? I said, yeah. She said, I bet you it's your allergies. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I went to a research, um, clinical research uh, for asthma. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, they did the allergy tests. And, oh, you know, those little things pop up. Pop they were up. huge. I was like, yeah. She said, yeah. The allergic grass, trees, weed, all that stuff. Anything in nature. Um, and it's year-round. So yep. I yep. have to be very careful. But when that hit me, some of it was the unknown you know Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know what's happening so you talk about panicking because you're trying to breathe you're sitting under the fan like fan is in your face trying to figure out how to get some air and you know when you start to panic it triggers other things you get headaches and the body start to shut down and you know all these different things but i i think that i'm gonna say this to the vitiligo community you know a lot of us deal with other things besides vitiligo. You know, we have other ailments that um, we deal with that are more important than what our skin looks like. However, I do understand the challenges that presents when you have to go in public. You know, I get that because I, I look different, you know. Um, but we also have to make sure we're taking care of who we are as people with the things that are life-threatening. Mm-hmm. And um, having asthma attacks that's life threatening you know if i can't mm-hmm. breathe then what you know that shuts down oxygen to the brain and you know no telling what could have happened um and you talk about that anxiety i still i still get a little bit of anxiety like at work if i have to yes i have to chase kids at times <laughs> i'm like okay how much do i run how far will i have to run what what's right. going to happen there but before i start to run <laughs> take my inhaler you know make sure i have it in my right. system yeah um because I'm learning, I'm still learning how right. to take care of myself in this process, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that's something that you, you have to do 
with anything that you learn that you have. Right. So for a number of years, I just had fibromyalgia. Right. Maybe I should say fibromyalgia had me. Right. Because for a number of years, I just literally would get up. Thank God I had a job that I was pretty much at home. And I would just sit in my recliner. I would make my calls. I would talk to the people that I was working with. And I would occasionally go out and do meetings. But I didn't really have to do much else. Okay. And like I said, my husband was, but I couldn't really do much else. But it was that cycle like you don't do any, so you can't do any, and right. then you end up in that. So now when when I have really bad tightening pain, I don't allow it to just grip me and stay in it. I'll stretch out and I'll try to exercise gently. I go to a masseuse. I do things to try to push through it to make sure that it doesn't last as long like you did with the take getting the inhaler before you're gonna have to chase that Absolutely. kid down you just sometimes have to learn what things you can do to work through and and i've had to learn that with the arthritis because sometimes i'll be having a flare and i can tell like yeah my thumb is starting to act up i ain't gonna be typing too great this week right. so let me get that talk to type software going so i could get my stuff in you know, and, and just making sure that you're on top of those kinds of things. And so it just really is helpful when honestly, you're just knowledgeable about what you're dealing with. So you can be proactive because the worst thing to do is sit in what was me. Cause I did right, that. Right. I did that for a pretty good amount of time. And what was me didn't help me get to the next place. Absolutely. You know, April, and a lot of y'all didn't know, but this is kind of the elephant in the room. I struggled a, a long time with my vitiligo because it's looking in the mirror and watching your skin change. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I tried the cream, but the cream doesn't work well on the hands, on the arms, or the feet. The face, yes, I don't have a lot on my face. Mm -hmm. But um, I do have some around my mouth. And um, But still, when you watch your body change, yeah. It's it's scary because you don't know how much you're gonna lose. Yeah. And then the effects of it at work, you know, how my colleagues gonna handle mm -hmm. it, or you know, the type of work I do, you know, I'm in front of the public or whatever I'm doing, you know, how's the public gonna receive it? Or, you know, I think about working with kids, are they gonna think I'm creepy? Right. But working with kids, but well, let me back up. I had to get to a point where I accepted myself. Because what I've learned, kids have accepted me regardless, you know. Um, but I didn't always see that. Until mm -hmm. I start looking at pictures and people telling me, Mark, we love you just the way you are. You know, it's you. We don't worry about the vitiligo. It doesn't bother us, which used to bother me when they would say that. It doesn't bother me. Of right. course it doesn't bother you. It's not yours. <laughs> right. You know, it's fine. I'm the one who got to look in the mirror. But You're like, but of course. Yeah. Great. Um, I'm glad for you, right? But I did right, get yeah. to a point in 2019 that's always my my year of change and i even think and brenda said it to me one day you know it's a year of change and i i didn't get it until until i did until i saw the change i sort of started recognizing the change is me you know how mm -hmm. i view myself and i started doing I, I wouldn't go to the beach before i stopped wearing shorts and now i was like you know what i'm going to the beach i'm wearing my shorts i don't care who sees my legs i don't care what they think 
you know. Mm-hmm. And I still have my moments where I resort back to, I ain't wearing my shorts today because people go <laughs> look at my legs and think ill. But yeah, it, it's part of being human. But yeah, exactly. I've learned to accept me. And I think that was the beginning stages of just like you said, it doesn't have you. You may have it, but it doesn't have you. You know what yeah. I mean? I had to see that. And, that's and you know what? Thing. The one thing that I will say is that self-esteem, it's I, I can understand when you have a physical change happening, how your self-esteem could take a hit. But there are so many of us that don't have a physical change happening that have a self-esteem hit every single day. Right. right. And and so it's not even a question of, I think we have to learn to love ourselves. Yes. Because if you are not, if you're not filled up with love for yourself, anything that comes against you anything that you feel is a negative is going to pull you under right and you're not going to be able to kind of come out from under that and i think that's where a lot of that deep depression and self-loathing comes from is because we can't we have we didn't have enough love for ourselves when we first started so now yeah you're going to keep dipping back into it because your reserves are low and so you have to build that up in yourself and and look i'm speaking to myself right (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) i am because it it doesn't have anything to do with um what people see on the outside right you know what i mean um when i have difficulty walking because my back is so bad that i can't walk right and you know um, and my neck is so stiff that I can barely turn my head. Right. I, I have to say, I don't care. I wear a hearing aid. Most people don't know that because I usually don't put it on because it sometimes gives me a headache because the five miles, it's a whole big thing. But I recently just started wearing it going out. And I was like, well, if people don't like my hearing aid too bad, I need to hear what's happening around me. Absolutely. And I need to not be vain. I need to, I need to be able to communicate with people. And so do I love myself enough to put my hearing aid on and go out and do what I need to do? And if somebody else doesn't love me, then kind of sucks to be them. And so I'm just going to love me. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy myself. But if I just have to love myself more and more because that's how I'm going to get through the day. Because as much as you love people and people around you, those people can walk away anytime. If the love for yourself is not there, it's going to be really, really lonely. And, and you know, and I, I've kind of mentioned that on a few podcasts that um, some of our issues started before vitiligo. Those who developed it later, like I had anxiety before vitiligo. Right. Um, I had self-esteem issues before vitiligo, but once I developed vitiligo, it said, "Hey, guess what? I'm here. Look at me. Look at me yeah, over, over yeah. here." You know, right, right. And it enhanced all my issues. You know, like I was always a skinny guy. You know, all through college, and and I was very insecure. Mm-hmm. You know, I had brothers that picked with me. <laughs> they didn't help. You know, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's one of those things. You know, but I had to deal with how do i view myself yeah okay family brothers are gonna pick with you you know if i that's had sisters they'll pick you know that's that's family but how do i view myself and i feel like 
you know, I had to get to a point where I say, okay, if I'm showing confidence in who I am when I walk into a store, restaurant, whatever, other people are going to see that. Exactly. And they're going to take notice. They're going to say, regardless of what his hands look like or whatever, that brother has confidence. And that draws people to you, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to have that self-love. That is so important. I that and that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I felt my worth would come from other people. Oh, I think most they, people do. Think right. about, but that's how our world is set up. Right. If you look at the commercials, if you look at the Hallmark channel, it's you gotta find that one that's gonna see your bright and shining star. And I'm like, whatever. Um, and then when your star dims in their eyes, what happens then? Right. You know what I mean? And so you still have to have that. You have to have that love inside because honestly, I think that love is what's attractive. Right. The, your self-love is what's attractive. And so when you have that, that's what draws people to you. If you don't have that, you have low self-esteem and you have low self-worth. People are like, oh. Absolutely. Oh well, he cute, but oh. But right, but you know, I think social media has done it to a lot of people too. They have taken their self worth and put it on social media. So they they, and I say that because I've had people say to me that they have so many followers. (laughs) Yeah, but do you have friends? Yeah, you know, a follower is different from a friend. You know, exactly. Um. And I think we've gotten to a point in our country where you have to have Twitter, I have to have this many followers. So I have, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever the next thing comes out. I got to have so many followers. And those followers make them feel good. They beg for followers. And I'm like, yeah, no, I just want my inner circle of friends because I'm good without thousands of people flocking behind me if you want if you want to follow me great if i'm saying something that makes you feel good awesome but you know what at the end of the day you're not paying my bills (laughs) you're not you're not writing no checks for me you're not you know you know giving me any self-worth if i'm getting self-worth from the people that follow me i'm doing something wrong right because those people will go away and then so will my self-esteem. So right. I will never base my self-esteem on another person Absolutely. because that is the fastest train to destruction. And I've done it before where, oh, we're best friends. And then that person, their life takes off and goes in a different direction. Absolutely. They don't have time for me. And then I'm like, what did I do? Why me? Right. Mm-mm, you can't do that. You can't do it. It just, it just, it's, it's not sustainable because people are individuals that have lives that have to do things in their own time. And so again, if you can't love yourself, then it has to start there because then you don't care if those people hate your, your posts or give you a thumbs down or whatever. You're like, okay, you don't agree with me. All right, cool. And you keep moving. And, And I always say, even with the podcast, because I, I don't I don't like to see the numbers because I don't care about the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do care about the listeners. I don't care about the numbers. Um, and I always say the people that listen to the podcast are the people who are supposed to listen to it. Yeah, It's something in there for them. If that's five people, two people, 10, 100, that's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. Because mm-hmm. that means that it touched the life it's supposed to, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I'm not into it. I, I don't do this to get, oh, I got to have a 200 followers. I have 300. I, I'm not into it for that. I feel like yeah. the information for me to give to someone, mm-hmm. somebody out there listening, it's going to impact their life. Something I said or the guests have said would touch somebody. Even yeah. if I don't know who that person is, yeah. it's going to touch somebody. Because somebody's going to say, just like our conversation right now, somebody's going to say, you know what? I have the same challenges. Mm, yeah. I'm glad you're talking about it. Yeah. Because a lot of times we don't talk about things. Um, let's talk about Bruno. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> we um, don't talk about Bruno. No, no. <laughs> but but the Bruno right now is going to be mental health. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Because we don't have enough conversations about it. Men don't talk enough about it. Yeah. Um, sure. And I'm going to be honest. I was one of those dudes. I was going through a lot back in... 08, 09, 2010, you know, I was going through a lot of stuff. Yeah. I never talked about it until my friends brought it up. You know, mm-hmm. things they saw, they saw what I was going through, I was yeah. dealing with, and they said, Mark, you were different. You were not the same Mark. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, but if only you knew what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I didn't talk about it. Yeah. I didn't address it. I didn't want anybody to know what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. My folks knew. Um, but I felt like if I, if I go back, you know, of course you can't go back in time, but I look back at it like, man, I should have been talking to people. I should have sought, you know, therapy. I should have did this. I should have done yeah. that, but I didn't, um, not, not a licensed therapist. However, there was a gentleman I'm, and I'm going to talk about him real quick. Mr. Mr. Larry, I don't know where he is now. But he worked at Walmart at the remember where they used to have people at the garden center. He actually talked yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 right, right. And I would walk in every morning, like I'll go get something for lunch or whatever. And you know, he stopped me one day. He said, um, "Is everything okay?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "No, no, no, no." He said, "Um, my name is Larry." Blah blah blah. He said, "Um, is everything okay?" He said, "It's okay if you talk. If you don't want to talk, that's fine." And you know, I, I, I. I started opening up to him a little bit mm-hmm. and he said, I see you in here with your kids all the time. And I see you walk sometimes and you walk with your head down. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I will stop every morning and have a conversation with this man before I went to work for about, I went off for about a month and a half and then he was retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, you know, I wanted to talk to you. He said, cause you seem like a good brother. And I hate to see when young men are having challenges and have no one to talk to. Mm. so you know it was it was therapy without me paying for it you know right um but and it was good to talk to him because he saw things in me that i knew what i was dealing with but he saw it from the outside yeah it was good that he stopped me because i would never have addressed it i would never have mentioned anything i was dealing with i would have just dealt with it and you know sometimes as men when we deal with stuff we fall into that rabbit hole you know, yeah. we're dealing, we're dealing, we're dealing, like spirals out of control. And then that could lead to substance abuse or other, other. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but it was good that he saw it and acknowledged it and brought yeah. it up to me. And I was, I was open enough to talk to him because sometimes we're not open. Very true. Yeah. Very true. So I was going to say, it's, what are your thoughts about? I, I think that it's, <laughs> it's funny. I was, I was thinking when you said, you know, like sometimes we're not not open to therapy, and and for me, you know, that's my training. I'm I'm 
an MSW, a licensed clinical social worker. I did therapy with children, adults, the you know, you name it. And for me, it took me literally bumping my head <laughs> before I actually went to see someone. Right. And it was after my concussion, I was struggling at work. And my boss said to me, we are, our company was getting taken over and she said, you need to talk to somebody, call the EAP and go talk to someone. That was in 2013, 2014, um, beginning of 2014. And I have been seeing the same therapist off and on since 2014. So, you know, it was originally started out because I was having a difficulty with the transition. Just, right. just, I don't want to go to this new company. They're the devil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just did it. I, I loved it. where I worked. I don't want to go to this new place. You know what I mean? And I was having a hard time with that. And she was saying, you need to go. And so I started, you know, working with this person. And I think for women, it tends to be a little easier because we we're used to sharing with girlfriends or, you know, but I didn't really have that close. Um, I'm usually the one people share with. Absolutely. And when you're the that person, people tell they troubles to, they don't usually invite you to tell your troubles to them. Right. <laughs> so when you're the strong friend, strong friends don't have strong friends. Um, you know, um, and so I have always had a therapist on, on speed dial. And now, even though things are going well, I keep one on because one of the things that I found is that with the fibromyalgia and arthritis and all of that stress is a huge issue. And I have somebody I can confidently speak to that isn't my mama, my sister, my cousin, my friend who gonna tell the other friend and you know what I mean? And so right. to me, it's just, it's just a way that I know every two weeks, I'm gonna go sit down and we're gonna process the, the stuff going on. My daughter's looking for a job. Something as simple as that. Right. I wish I could do for her. I wish I could help her. Just the things in life that cloud you that you know build up on you and are, it's not always oh my I'm so depressed i can't live no, you no, know no. that everybody thinks that therapy is you laying on a couch right i do therapy from my house my car i don't even go into an office i do it on video and and so it's so much easier for me because i have the this relationship with um a therapist that is really good and we sit down and process out things so she knows the ups and downs the ins and outs and so when people ask me about therapy i'm like yo it's like having a best friend that you slip a little cash to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that don't tell you none of your business that never will tell none of your business right. and you know at the end of your time, you'd be like, all right, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks. All right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> and, then, and then it's done. It's so not as like, I, I had somebody who um, recently had a major diagnosis and she said, I don't want to talk to a therapist. I was like, what? 
Like, this is something you just need to process out with somebody, all your fears, all your, you know, if nothing else, just talk to them about everything going through your mind. Yeah, but I don't know if I believe in therapy. I said, okay, well, you don't have to. One session. Oh my God, I don't know why I never did that before. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's not as scary as people think it. People think it's scary. Now, what I will tell anybody who's listening is, if you don't get a good one that you have a good relationship with, get another one. Right. Because I have had some that I had great relationships with. And because of insurance or whatever, we stopped our relationship. But I've had some that just was not the one. And so the one I have now, I've had for eight years. She's great. I've seen her off and on. Sometimes she's like, how often are we going to see? Oh, every two weeks? Great. And then when things get better, okay, let's see once a month. Then I taper off. I don't see her for a while. Right, right. Then I call back and I'm like, um, I need to see you. Like I reconnected right. during the pandemic because I was like, everybody in my house, they driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah. So to me, it's like part of life and it's how I maintain my mental health. Right. It really is. And, and you know, and I should have sought one out last year. Um, last year was really hard, you know, working in the school system where we went through this pandemic, you know, we were sent home, we're working virtually, and then they said, okay, you're going to go back to school. Great. What happens? Because the kids I work with, we can't stay away from them. You know, we wear hands-on. They all have special needs. Yeah. So we were dealing with bodily fluids of all types. (laughs) Um, We had a child that would soak up his mask and throw it around and slap people with it, and I'm like, He's just slapping. He just slapped me with COVID. You know, so was that? Yes. You know, I, I laugh about it now, but yes. I was. We all were working in fear. Yeah, yeah. And it got to the point where I wasn't happy anymore. I was very blunt in um <laughs> in my responses to people, and I actually had it out with some colleagues because not only was he this particular child aggressive like that but he was physically aggressive so we were getting mm-hmm. bumps and scratches and i i swear on he had the claws of wolverine from the x-men he was just <laughs> cutting us up and yeah and, and some colleagues did not provide support so you know i had some choice words for people i, I should i should take it back but too late now mm-hmm. um, oh well but i said you know what i'm done and i turned to my resignation and they were just like no don't go i was like no I'm done. I need to get away. I need to, I don't know what I'm gonna do right now. I just need to get away from this. Mm-hmm. And I did. And that was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. I took six months away. I did some other things, other little projects. And it was just me spending time with myself, reflecting on everything, just getting my head together, you know, thinking about how am I going to move into the next step or phase of my life. And I remember having a conversation with someone. They said, well, if you decide to go back to the school, what, what has changed? I said, nothing. I'm changed. It's me. It's how mm-hmm. I look at things. Because yeah. what yeah. I was doing was, like you say, taking on everybody else's stuff. I had colleagues. One of my colleagues had a nervous breakdown in the middle of the hallway. She's crying and screaming. I'm like, what the heck? Somebody passed away. So all these things we were yeah. seeing. And yeah. I was talking to the counselor one day. And she was going through stuff. And I asked her, I said, who counsels the counselor? I said, because we're coming to you and you're having a breakdown or having some challenges. So who can help us? You know, 
Right. And, and I, I just had to process and look at life from a different point of view. And I did. Um, I decided I wanted to come back. I, and um, and, I, and I'm back in a different position where I I get a chance to decompress if I need to. I yes. can remove myself from the situation because I am dealing with a lot of other issues in the school and helping everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not just students, but teachers too. And But I guess I just have a different outlook and, and I'm like, you know, nothing's ever going to be easy. I just talked to one of my colleagues from leaving. She was, she had packed up her stuff and she was about to leave. Mm. And I said, let me talk to your class. You take some time for yourself. Cause she was in the hallway crying. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, she's not going to last long. I'll intervene talk to her class. Cause I saw that was me last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Cause when I said I was gone, they had offered me another class and they offered me a lot of stuff. I was like, no, I don't want it. What I want is my peace of mind, and that's what yeah. I'm going to go get. And and I was telling people, a couple of colleagues, I said, sometimes you need to step away from a situation. I know we're working jobs, and there's a lot of pressure. It's a lot on us, and we fear stepping away because we don't know what's going to happen from there. I said, but that was the best, that was the best thing I could have ever done when I stepped yeah. away. You got perspective. Uh, I sure did. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time. Other people think, why are you why are you by yourself all the time? No, it gives me a chance to look at life, look at things from a different point of view. Because the more people you have around you, the more people are trying to tell you how life should be, how you should mm. handle things. Yeah. You should do this, you should do that. I would do it this way. I'm like, no, let me look at it how I I need to do it, how I need mm. to conduct my life, how I need to move forward. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm doing. The first thing I'm doing, going on vacation. <laughs> I haven't been on vacation in years. Like anytime I've gone on a what would be considered a vacation, it was work. That's yeah. not a vacation. Going to a conference is not a vacation. Going right. to a summit is not a vacation. I'm like, no, that was still work. I said, mm-hmm. let me actually go on a vacation. So I, I said, I need to make sure I'm taking care of me. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to feel the way I felt last year ever again. Even mom was just like, are you okay? I'm, I'm good. She said, you don't look okay. <laughs> I was looking rough, April. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it was rough. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I finally, you know, thankful for my parents. I said, I was able to sit down and have a conversation with them and explain what was happening and how it was feeling. And, you know, I said, and talking to them really helped. Yeah. You know, because uh, I didn't talk to everybody. Not a lot of people knew what I was going through. Um, right, right. One of my colleagues did. She looked at my face. She said, Mm-mm. she said you don't look well i said i'm not <laughs> i finally i'm not i'm not doing well i said mm-hmm. she said you don't smile you don't laugh you don't do anything i said no because i'm going through this thing you know i yeah. couldn't even describe it it was just weird funk and everybody was going through it you look at everybody in the school then i talked to some of my um friends in the vitiligo community that worked in other school systems and they were just like yeah going through the same thing mm-hmm Every, everybody was just struggling and yeah. I think I should have gone to a mental health counselor however what probably helped was having I've had three on the podcast <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to get this uh, gentleman out of DC on to, onto the podcast we're just trying to figure out our schedules he's also a mental health counselor because okay. I feel like we we can't have enough like yeah. we, we can keep having people because there's something somebody's going to get somebody needs to hear yeah. something that's going to help them out you know yeah. so 
Yeah, it, it's just, and for men, you know how we are. We're stubborn. We don't want to listen. You can't tell us. I got this. No, we don't. <laughs> We're gonna fall apart in a heartbeat. It's 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 a challenge because I think that is the way that um, men are conditioned. Yes. Men are conditioned to be that I can handle it all. I can take the world on. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna do this. I've got this. Right. And by the time they realize that they can't and they don't have it, it's too late. They're in a place of you know severe crisis, and right. they don't know where to go, who to turn to, what to do, and it's harder it's harder to come out of that place at that point. Um, I, I was talking to someone today. Um, we had a, um, what do you call it? Um, we had a trunk or treat at our church today. And one of the guys, he abandoned our group to go with, uh, that to, to do his own group. And that Amber alert, alert, yeah. Yeah, I just got it too. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick for our listeners, we're talking, we're both in North Carolina, um, but we just got an Amber Alert. I'm looking like, uh-oh. And I saw you look down, I'm like, oh, there we go. Hopefully everything is okay. Yeah. Um, and and so um, the gentleman was supposed to be having, he has a, a, a male group, and he was supposed to be doing it with, with the guys. And he said, he said, you know, you can't get guys to do nothing. It's hard to to get them to come together and do. And I said, yeah, because they're used to doing for their families or for themselves or for the, but a a lot of times doing that inner work is not something they're taught to do. It's not something that they're, they're taught to even think about doing. So it's just a challenge. And, um, I love when I have people who I'm, I'm friends with several um, male therapists and I love it because they know how to talk to guys and in a, in a way that's not like sit on my couch and let right. me psychoanalyze you <laughs> because no guy wants to talk to you when you do that. Not so, at all. No, sit yeah, on my couch. I, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to sit in this chair over here in the corner. <laughs> Right yeah. next to the tissue box, like <laughs> the guys, like I'm not going for that mess. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think you can never have enough of it. One of the things for me that I do, and I just normalize just therapy in general for my team at work. Every time I get a minute, I talk when I'm talking to my team. I'm like, um, make sure you're doing your self care, your self love. And make sure you're going to therapy. And everybody's like, we know, April. And I'm like, no, just saying. You right. want to be saying like me? No. <laughs> but, but, you know, that self-care is important. Because I uh, last week was, I don't know what happened in the cycle in the earth or what was face, but the kids were nuts. I, I'm just going to be honest. It was, they, it was they were doing weird stuff. Like somebody just poured corn on the floor for just no reason. <laughs> I'm like, why? I don't know. I just didn't want to eat it. So you pour it on the Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> seriously? But it was one of those days where we, like, I have a partner, and we were receiving back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back to back to back calls, and I was trying to eat my lunch, and normally if I hear a call, I would just say, okay, let me go take it. Then I'll go back and eat my lunch. That particular day, 
I heard the call. They asked me in particular. I went back in the walkie. I said, I'm sorry. I can't help you right now. I'm eating my lunch. You might want to call somebody else. Click. I was like, no, I got to take care of myself. Sorry. You have to. I was feeling overwhelmed. And I think had I taken that call, it wasn't going to go well because my attitude was already there. And I said, nah, let me decline that and somebody else can take it. Um, Because we do feel like we're Superman sometimes. You know what? That leads me to another thing that we don't do well. Boundaries. Right. And it's something that especially folks who are in caring professional professions, helpers, you know, um, teachers, social workers, people who are out there serving the public. Um, we give and give and give and give and give, and we don't put the proper boundaries in place. And one of the things that I know is that if you don't, you don't establish a boundary no one else will because right. they will just be like, oh, you ain't got no boundaries? Fine, good. I'll just ride over, it, you know, whatever you thought you had, I'll just ride over that all day long. I, and, and I tell people, especially in this day and age where now more people work from home and now more people, um, if you don't shut it down, they will not. Right. And I used to have a boss who would message me at eight o'clock at night on a week i'm like oh i don't work past six like and that's only because you told me six was the cutoff i would have been out at five but you know but literally i'm not taking my work phone with me everywhere i go i'm not doing that and if that's your expectation i'm not the one you don't pay me well enough for that because my peace is worth more than that change you put in my bank account every two weeks. Absolutely. <laughs> and so if I don't guard that, guess what? I've got headaches. I've right. got back aches. I can't type because my fingers hurt so bad. I can't function because my eyeballs are in pain. Right. So either you cut off when I say we're cutting off or you going to get me out for a whole week. And so I've learned that. So I put the boundaries in place for you but I put them in place for me. Absolutely. Because then I can't do the things I like to do. I take care of my parents. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm there for my, my niece that I have custody of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so when, when they're calling me from the group home, cause she done fought somebody. Um, <laughs> She's <laughs> I, now. Oh. <laughs> I, I got to make sure I'm available for those calls. <laughs> but I mean, so it's like, my life does not revolve around the eight or nine hours you pay me for. Right, right. I mean, I have a whole nother set of hours, 15 other hours in the day, and you don't pay me for those. So you have to put those boundaries in. My weekends are not yours. Now, if you're going to pay me to go fly somewhere and be there for something, that's different. Right. But when I'm here on my regular schedule, here are my times. Respect that. If you ask me to do something different, you best believe I'm flexing my time because there's absolutely no way you're going to get all of this extra. Right. And then I'm stressed out because then I didn't get to do my laundry. I didn't get to, to cook dinner for my family. I didn't get to. That's not fair. And no. so we have to have those boundaries with work, with friends. Mm hmm. 
we, we church. I'm gonna say it. I said <laughs> yep, church. Yep. Y'all heard me. <laughs> <laughs> we need you on Wednesday at five. Nope. Mm-mm, can't do it. I mean, sometimes you just ha- and I felt guilty about that because I am somebody who likes to help, and oh, the yeah. hardest thing for me to do was say I cannot help set up every Saturday for church. Right. right. And because my heart is there to help, I'm not a Jesus. I want to help, right. but I also need to be able to breathe, and, and I need even, a and, day. And even Jesus took a rest. I mean, come sure on enough. now. <laughs> sure enough. Look, I, at, at my school, I, I had to write my co-workers uh, a very nice email because in our cafeteria, we use, I, I make a music playlist. A song plays, then that way after the song ends, it's six minutes where the kids can talk and socialize, no problem, because we're trying to make sure our kids are eating. So whenever the song is on, they take the time to eat. So... I had I made four playlists. No, at the time I had three, and I had one more that was coming out. And so my colleague said, "Well, Mr. Braxton, we want you to do sunsets." I said, "You know what?" And I had several people say that to me. I said, um, first of all, I'm taking my weekend to do this, and it was a holiday weekend, so it was like a four day weekend." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm taking no, it was a three day weekend." I said, "I'm taking my weekend and my day off to do this." And I did three, and you don't appreciate what I did. So I wrote a very nice email to everyone. I explained how long it took for me to find the edited songs with no, but they were instrumentals with no hooks, uh, whatever. I said I had to make sure I can download them properly. I said I had to make sure that the background for it, because it's like when the music's on, there's like a, a video on the background. So like <laughs> birds or... Um, sea animals and mountains, you know, I said, I have to put that mm-hmm. video together. Then I have to splice it to put the timer in. I had to make sure everything's lined up just right. Then I have to download it. Then I have to convert it. I said, if you want to spend four or five hours of your time putting one together, you're welcome to do it. I said, I can show you what software to use on your computer. And I said, well, you're welcome to do it because don't come to me asking me to do something on my free time. Mm-hmm. I do it when I feel like it, because if you don't want to, I'll I'll delete all of them. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I made four. But I, I just felt like people become very insensitive of other people's time. You know, they want to. I need you to do. I want you to do. Well, why don't you do it? And I did have a colleague say, "Well, I'll make the next playlist." And she said, "How do you do it?" And I gave her all the details of what to do. She said, "Never mind." <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot involved. Yeah. I say I do it because I like it, but I don't have to, you know, and even with the the podcast, the way I do my podcast, it's a lot of, on average, it takes about an hour, maybe an hour and a half to put everything together because I do my own music. So that means I got to make the song and then I got to make sure it's lined up just right. And this goes out, phase out, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have to do it that way, but that's the way I like my podcast. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that for anybody else because it's my time. You know, I do my part shows the way for I you, do. yeah. Um, but it's my time, and I think people forget that you have a life too. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, we're doing other things. You know, whether it's kids, whether it's family members, whether it's uh, parents, and but we also have to t- have our time to watch Netflix. You know, right. I mean, really, 
or exactly. do nothing. You know, if I want to stare at the wall, that's what I want to do for that moment. That's my exactly. mental health time. That's my yeah. my mental health break. You know. Yeah. Um. And like you said, if you don't set those boundaries, people will abuse you mm -hmm. and use you and not care. You know, I, I dealt with that even in some relationships, you know. Like if you say you need time to rest and they're like, okay, let's go do something. No, I want to rest. You know, sometimes you just need that time for yourself. Resting could be, like I said, staring at the wall. Let me just stare at the wall. Right. Let me process everything that happened today and then I'll be ready, you know, to go hang out, whatever. But right, you know, right. you need your time. So let's let's move forward for a little bit. Um, what are some strategies and things that you have used to help you when you're going through those challenging moments, whether it's you know, um with the arthritis or with the pain that you're going through, or just the stressful day at work? What are some things that you do? Not not necessarily the therapy, but something mm -hmm. else that help that maybe somebody out there listening could say, you know what, man, I should start doing that. That might help me too. You know, what are some things you do? And I'll share some as well. Okay. Um, well, I love music. And so I will put on a playlist and just kind of vibe out to music. Sometimes just sit there and just listen. Sometimes I like to read and just read and just kind of get lost in right. in in a book just to to kind of decompress from everything that's going on um one of the things that i try to do sometimes is some deep breathing or just some like just thinking positive things like um you know we came up with a, a i get these weird ideas so i i came up with this <laughs> this idea that I want to go to every state in the country. Wow. Okay. And um, so so I printed out a map. And so we're going to cross off the ones that we've actually been to and done stuff in. The drive-throughs don't count. Right. So, <laughs> you know. So you mean stopping at the Maryland house didn't count? Yeah. Yeah, no, that don't count. <laughs> uh, but I've been to Baltimore Inner Harbor, so that counts. So, okay, you know, okay. like, so, but, but just thinking of things like coming up with, with things that I can do when I feel better. Right. Like, or sometimes just saying, I'm going to get up and go take a walk outside. For me, getting out in nature is huge for me. Right. So when we have a good day and the Carolina blue skies is, is out there popping, I can just get out and take a nice walk. Right. That really helps rejuvenate me. I, I'm a fan of sitting on my back porch and I could just sit there and sometimes just just chill and so a lot of times just like you said sometimes just being still mm -hmm. and just being quiet really kind of helps center me and gets me um refocused and just you know even um like there's some some uh, mindfulness stuff on my on my watch that I'll I'll do sometimes just it's one minute or two minutes right and it's just enough to kind of reset me um just to kind of get my mind back because if you know when you start to get that racing mind and stuff like that because you're like you've been doing too much and you're like whoa my mind is going every which way so sometimes just doing little things like that and those are pretty much my go-to i just you know music is probably my first um and and i'll do music at any time different different genres and just get into it um and then and then my walking is is a good one as well yeah, people might think I'm a little crazy. I listen to music a lot too, but I like to listen to it in the car when I'm driving. 
Mm-hmm. I hate to burn. I hate to burn up that gas, but sometimes it's just when I can drive, turn up the music, just relax. Maybe I'm just going to the next town over and back. Mm-hmm. But that's therapeutic for me, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, I go to work about an hour early just so I can listen to music before I go to work. Mm-hmm. I need it before I walk in that building. Yeah, I yeah. do not. I do not go from home right to work. No, I need to drive. I need to relax I need to get myself in the game. Uh, but I draw, I paint. Um, as you can see, that's one of my paintings behind me. Our listeners can't see, but uh, I see your paintings in the back too. And I see a little weird is good. Yeah, a lot of yeah, weird yeah, is yeah. good too. <laughs> a lot of weird. Um, but and, and being creative, I, uh-huh. I'm like that. Um, I have a comic book club at school. And it's one of the largest clubs. It's a lot of work, but it's fun work for me. Like yeah. when I'm putting things together, I'm enjoying it. I'll make a little video and information for the parents. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to do this now. And I'll start doing this. Mm-hmm. But then there's times where I'm laying down, relaxing. And I'm like, hmm, I want to write a poem. And I'll write it. Or I'm going to write a short story. I'll write it. Now I just got to put it all together so I can put some more books out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, Because I have a few ebooks. Um on Amazon, but I want some physical books because um, I, I have a lot of poetry and, you know, just all these different short stories I have to write and have to do the artwork for and all this stuff. And it helps me get through my days. Yeah. Um, um, fidgeting, building stuff. You know, I, I'm not going to front. I'll go get a Lego set in a heartbeat because it helps me relax when I'm building. Some people, it can be frustrating reading the instructions. For me, I'm like, no, let me read the instructions. Okay, this little piece that I don't what piece is that? Oh, that goes right here. You know, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do that, but that's relaxing for me. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, and, and grandpa was like that. You know, he was all into building stuff. And I think I yeah. got that from him, you know, mm-hmm. um, just always using my hands, trying to make something, create something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll go for walks too. But lately I haven't had time and I need to make time for it. Because um, by the... <laughs> Honestly, by the time I finish the school, I'm already at 15,000 steps. I'm like, okay, yeah. I want to relax, you know, because yeah, sure. I've walked all over the school like multiple <laughs> times, um, some days running. But uh, <laughs> so, but I think now that the weather's kind of cooling off, I'll start stopping at the park, get a little walk in, then go to the yeah. house. Um, yeah. Just to free my mind, a little music yeah. and a walk, you know. Yeah. And, and these are things we have to do. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We have to figure out ways to relax. Watching the news, I like to watch the news just to see what's happening. Then I turn it off. Let me watch something else because the world is crazy. We get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, but but I like to stay informed. But still, the world is crazy. Um, and I'm gonna be honest. I like podcasting. It it's relaxing to me. When I first started, it was stressful. Mm. when I was done I had to go lay on the bed and uh, just lay there and relax I'm like okay I'm stressed I'm stressed but now I enjoy it yeah um I'm I think I'm coming into my zone where I enjoy talking to people yeah and that's why I said before it's therapeutic because I get to share they're sharing I'm not putting people on the spot we're just having open conversations and I'm like oh I wanted to talk about that now I get a chance you know and so by the time I finish a podcast I'm like I'm good. I'm good for today. That's so, cool. and so that, and that's why I say it is therapy. You know, it's a good yeah. conversation. Um, and I think more of us need to talk. Um, oh yeah. But the men, we need to find an outlet to talk. Mm-hmm. So hopefully one day we can get a male therapist on, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to 
get to come on the co- the podcast so we can hear a different perspective. So that yeah. I am working on that. And um, like I said, there's a gentleman out of um, um, DC that I'm trying to get. And I just heard somebody say on the podcast they have male um, therapists they know. So maybe oh. they'd be willing to come on the show too. Yeah, one of them's <laughs> your one of them's your frat brother. Oh, uh, see. I, I will connect y'all. Definitely. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Absolutely. Let me tell you one of the best conversations I had recently, uh, one of my podcasts, I invited my live brothers on so we can talk because uh, it's been like, we've known each other for 30 years and we talked about being in college as young teenagers and to where we are now. And then we opened it up where we shared like stuff we didn't know about each other. Like they didn't understand why I wanted to come to homecoming. Bit of Lego. One of them didn't come because he lost his parents. And we just really opened up in ways mm-hmm. that as men, we don't hear often. Like it was yeah. very, we were vulnerable. And to hear my brother say that and to it allowed me to open up and share things. And, and it was cool because there was some speculations on Mark just being funny. He didn't want to come around. No, this is why I didn't want to come around because I didn't want y'all to see me looking like this where y'all remember me back then. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like this is me this is a part of me you know right. it is what it is it hasn't changed me i'm still who i am as a person but what it's done is given me drive to reach out to other people to support other people in different yeah. ways you know um but april i'm honoring your time and my time and we are getting to the end of our discussion and i, I first of all i do thank you for coming on because i know you have a busy lifestyle and everything is going on and panthers just lost today Oh, please. Uh, no, they, they played a good game. I was disgusted at that. I was disgusted twice because I missed two field goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> let's see what happens next week. <laughs> um, but but it was a good game overall. It lasted longer than I expected. But, hey, can't win them well. I, can't, I was going to say we can't win them all. We haven't won most of them. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to ask you to leave our listeners with some words of encouragement. Um, Anything you want to say, and then I'll wrap things up for us. Absolutely. Um, Well, thank you again for having me. This has been awesome. I've definitely enjoyed my time. And the one thing that I think um, I really just want to leave with people is be gracious to yourself. Um. Forgive yourself for the things that you've done over the past. Love yourself. Um, care for yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, there's too many people out there willing to do that to you. And so just, you know, just be kind to yourself um, because. Sometimes the kindness that you show your own self is the only kindness you'll have that day. So just be kind to yourself. And as you make your journey through whatever you're dealing with, um, that kindness will help you and carry you through to the next phase and the next thing. And and just, just keep on pushing. There's nothing you can accomplish in life just be kind and be gracious to yourself and keep on loving you because you're the only one you left. So that's all I got. And there's only one you in you. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, it is. Why owe you? It's only one you in you. 
Oh, sorry, April. You know, and for our listeners, we we are family, and you guys are my family too. I I just had to put that out there. That's the truth, though. Very much so. Very much. Um, so. But no, but seriously, for our listeners, I thank you for tuning in. Um, yes, I took a break, but I'm back, so I'll have another podcast coming up soon. Um, I have a doctor coming on. I'll give you more information about that later, and um. I'm still working on getting my therapist here. So yeah, I have some great conversations coming up. We'll wrap up our relationship discussion in December. And on December 18th at 6 o'clock PM, we're gonna do a, that's Eastern Standard Time. We're gonna do a live, um, Facebook Live discussion about the holiday season. You know, what do we celebrate? Um, how do we celebrate these things? What's your favorite song, favorite movie, all that good stuff. It's a time to really just show love to each other and not really focus on our vitiligo. So make sure you look out for information about that. And as I close this out, I always say the same thing. Just make sure you tell somebody I love you, whether it's your friend, whether it's your family member, your spouse, or your enemy. But most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself I love you. You've been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. You take care. God bless and I love you. You have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Bitfriends podcast can be listened to on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and on Facebook. Once again, Bitfriends podcast is sponsored by My Vitiligo Team.